0: It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. It is a sunshiny day here. Even though it's probably only mid-30s, it feels so nice. It is nice to see the sun again. It's been a while here. Um, but. One of the things that I want to talk about today is a misconception we have as parents, as moms. So I've shared before how we don't actually need to be labeling our kids' feelings in the moment. I know a lot of messaging is, you know, when your child's upset, you can say, you know, it's okay to be angry or it's okay to be whatever, but, or I don't know, however they phrase it. But that can actually distract our kids away from their feelings and what's happening and actually processing through them or we could be mislabeling them how they're truly feeling based on what we're seeing I know it can look like a child is upset or like angry and maybe they're actually nervous or embarrassed and so if you want to hear that full episode and dive a little deeper into that plus how to start talking about feelings because I don't think it's wrong to talk about feelings I just don't think it's a necessity in the moment, um, you can check out episode number four. I almost said 44. <laughs> four. It's episode number four. But today I want to touch on another common misconception we have, like I mentioned, and that is that we have to know what our child is upset about in order to help them work through it. We don't. So if you're like me, you've probably found yourself uttering the words like, What's wrong? tell me what's wrong so I can help you, whatever version of that that you say. Because when they say the thing, you can either change it or fix it or help them problem-solve a solution. Now, while this can definitely work as your child gets older or when your child isn't like really upset, deep in the throes of a tantrum, it isn't really a necessity, um, especially when your child is struggling like more deeply. So I think a big reason... I mean, I go back to it too. I mean, I catch myself, even though I know all of these things, I catch myself in the middle of big feelings sometimes, just like asking, what's wrong? How, Like, I want to help you, but I can if I don't know what's wrong. And I think it's just because deep down, we don't want our kids to have pain. We want to nurture them and help them, which isn't wrong. But our brains, just like our child's, was created to resolve hurts. However, as adults... We don't often give our brain the space and the capacity to do that. Our kids, though, especially if you have little ones, have this on lockdown. They already innately know that in order to help resolve hurts, they need to process the feelings behind it. And how do you process them, you might be wondering? Through crying and laughter. So this is a cycle that our kids often already enter automatically, but we tend to stop it. And not because we don't want them to go through this process. Obviously, we would... If we knew that it was going to help heal those hurts, I'm sure most of us would do it. But it's because we don't truly understand crying. So if you feel like you don't understand crying, even if you think you do, or you really struggle with crying, I want you to go check out episode number 40 and hear about all of the great things about crying and why we all should be doing it actually and doing it regularly. If you want to go deeper into finding out the hidden ways that we keep our kids from crying unintentionally, check out episode 20. I would encourage you to listen to both of those because I think a lot of times I will ask, even on Instagram, just polls and stuff, do you feel like you're okay with a crying? And so much of the time people will say yes, but it's because we are just naturally going into these three things that I was talking about in that episode. There's three main things that I think that we do that we don't even notice because it's just so automatic. But it can actually guide our children away from having the feelings that they're having and actually fully processing through through them. So I know I mentioned that if your child is calm or if you have an older child, then it's probably going to work fine for you to ask them what's wrong and find a solution and talk it out. But if you're a parent to little littles, then trying to ask them what's wrong can be really frustrating for them and for you possibly because they either can't communicate it audibly yet or you aren't understanding what they're trying to say or they don't know how to articulate it along with that sometimes we're just in a mood and we don't really know why have you ever felt that way like you just feel off and you can't really pinpoint a reason this can happen to our kids, too. <laughs> there are just many people walking around, and I think it's so easy to forget that. But they might not be able to pinpoint anything that stands out to them as a problem, but something or some things need to be resolved. And finally, so often it's not the thing that set them off that is actually a problem, even though it looks like it. And so that's why when you see you know, your child asks for something and you give it to them, and then they say, no, I didn't want that. I want that thing. And then you give it to them. Like, it's going to be a constant, a constant battle because it's not actually about that situation. And so many of the situations that we encounter with our kids when they're having big feelings is not because of that thing that is happening right there in the moment. It's because of things that they have been storing up and this Giving them the wrong cup, giving them the wrong food, turning on the wrong show, playing the wrong way, that's creating this catalyst for them to offload these feelings that they have stored up so that they can go into the process of resolving and healing the hurts that they do have. So, again, if you've listened to an episode that I have had shared before, you may have heard me say, I think it's much easier when we can put it into our own perspective to help understand our kids. Because, again, Our kids are people too. Their brains work obviously a little bit differently. They're not as mature. They don't have as much capacity as ours because they haven't lived as long and experienced and blah, blah, blah. Um, But these processes work the same. And so when we, you know, maybe at the start of the week, you were supposed to meet a friend for dinner and you were looking so forward to it and then they got sick and had to cancel. Obviously you understand, but you were disappointed. And then maybe a few days later, you got a phone call that, I don't know, bothered you for some reason. Whether it was an argument with somebody or results you didn't like or whatever the case might be. And then over the weekend, your kids woke up a bunch of times in the night. Or they woke up really early and you just want to sleep in. And then later on that day, you know, you are in the kitchen with your husband and he says something and normally this something wouldn't even really phase you. You wouldn't notice it. It won't bother you. But all of a sudden, it triggers you. And you're like, I can't believe you said that. And you fly off the handle. And later on, if you look back, you'd be like, it wasn't even a big deal. That did like, this doesn't even make sense. But you had all these hurts storing up throughout the week, maybe even longer. Maybe there was other things that happened. Maybe you were bottle up your feelings. Maybe you try to hide them. Um so it could it could be even more than that but suddenly the floodgates open. It's because your brain knows you are full of feelings and you need to offload them because when we have so much stuff storing up it takes away from our ability to focus and concentrate and do other things. Right? Like it's taking our brain capacity and your brain wants to offload that. And so it's going to use these opportunities that, you know, looking back aren't really that big of a deal. But when you have a bunch of stuff stored up, it becomes that opportunity for your brain to say, okay, let's get rid of some of this stuff. Like (laughs) our tank's full. We need to offload. And this is the exact same thing that happens with our kids. Maybe um, a kid at school took one of their toys and, or they knocked down their tower Or maybe they didn't get the color that they wanted or something. Like, it could be things that seem very little and minimal to us, but really do hurt our kids' feelings. It could be bigger things. It could be, you know, one of the the parents is out of of town on vacation, or maybe not vacation, but like maybe on a trip of some sort. Maybe, you know, they don't want to separate from you for some reason. They're missing you. All sorts of things could be storing up with our kids. And so when we are seeing a meltdown because of something that they don't generally maybe melt down about, or they're melting down a lot that day over little, like seemingly little insignificant things, it's, it doesn't matter what the reason is. Like your kid probably can't recognize it because there's so many other things that are going into that reaction That your child, they might say, oh, because I want the other cup. But you might give them the other cup and then shortly later, you know, you didn't pick out the right clothes or you didn't put it on in the right order. And that's because it's not about that thing. It's about the deeper underlying hurts and feelings there. And so just creating space for them to offload. And like I said, kids most often are still naturally doing this. Unless you've been in patterning for a long time to stop the crying or to distract away. Um, kids will naturally start this process. And so the best way that you can support them is to let them have the feelings. Support them through the feelings, which just simply means listening. Let them offload to you. Let them express whatever it is they need to express. And then it's just like for us, when if you've ever had a really big cry afterwards, it's like, if you were struggling with some decision or something at work or you couldn't quite figure something out, then you had this big cry and then you go back to that thing and you're like, oh, I could just do that. It's like your brain now has the space to actually think and the capacity to put energy into that. And it's the same again for our kids. When we can let them offload things, they can jump right back into it. They can problem solve effectively or efficiently and um, just move on. So I would really encourage you, especially if you're listening to this on a Friday um, or over the weekend, to just take some time when your child does become upset. Like pause and reflect and just wait. Like instead of jumping in and being like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Just kind of go over there And if they're, you know, if they're somewhat calm, then yes, you can have that conversation because their brain has the ability to think still. But the thing is, is once our child is in like a full on meltdown, their body, their brain has transitioned into the fight or flight mode. So no matter what you try to say, it's not going to be getting in there, you know? And so letting them kind of come down through crying and working on healing and restoring, then... If they still need help problem solving, that's when you can provide help. But generally speaking, they'll be able to do it, you know, again, depending on their age and the problem. Probably more on their own because now they have created that space and the ability to think again. So if they're calmer, then they haven't gone into the fight or flight mode. And so then they might be able to actually go through this process and explain what's the matter. But I just want to encourage you that if your child is just so upset it's okay to not figure it out. It's okay to not have to try to continuously get them to tell you what the matter is, especially if they're not. Because you can still do You do the same thing. You just listen supportively. Let them offload whether your child is older and they verbalize it and just like talk about all the things that are coming up for them. Or if they're younger and they just cry and have a big tantrum and a meltdown and kick and scream... Allowing them the space to do that is then going to allow their own brain to come back, come back online once they've processed through it and just move on. I mean, if you actually do this, what often happens is your child will go from completely distraught and then it's like a lightning switch, a light switch, (laughs) not a lightning switch, I don't know where that came from, a light switch flipped and now they're just like suddenly happy and playing and I've seen this happen like when I was working in outpatient I'm just like what is wrong with that child like there is something going on here but it's because the child had the opportunity to process through what they needed to process through and now they're free and able to continue on as they want to so just kind of be mindful. And don't worry so much about, like, I have to know what the problem is so that I can fix it. Sit in the feelings. Let your child have feelings. It's also good for them to recognize, like, my mom, my parent, my caregiver is okay with big feelings. It's okay that I'm feeling this way. You know, she's not trying to just quickly resolve it so we can move on and, you know, not sit here. It's okay to have these big, deep feelings. And then once they're kind of coming down then kind of proceed from there. So I hope that was helpful. I hope that can be an encouragement and to just let your kids have feelings, you know, just take a second, sit with them. And it's also good to increase our capacity, um, and our ability to handle our own feelings. Because the truth is you, like me, have probably held in your feelings for a long time. You've probably been, um, patterned not to release your feelings and this is a good way to kind of start sitting in big feelings and then allowing yourself to have that as well. If you are really struggling with a behavior that your child is having, I would love for you to, you know, email me or send me a direct message, and um, you know, we can jump on a behavior strategy call. This is just a free, no strings attached. You don't have to join anything or sign up for anything or commit to anything. It's just a a call where I can hear what's going on, what you're struggling with, where your goals are. And then we pick one area to tackle. And for a little bit of time, we kind of talk through, okay, here's here's the plan. It's like a mini coaching session. And it's free, completely free. It just um, gives you a jumping off point. If you're like, I just don't know what to do about this. And because, you know, people will message me, well, I have this problem. And the truth is, it's really hard to provide, you know, like a quick answer because there's so many factors that play into it. Every family is so different, every child is so different. But when I can actually hear it from you, then I can provide more specific, I can ask more questions and really give you a well-rounded customized instruction of what to start implementing and then you can start right away and see how things go. Um, but it just, it just gives me more of an ability to actually give you tangible strategies that are going to work for you and not just like, Oh, go try this. (laughs) You know? Um, because I know that that's kind of what people want, you know, just like a quick fix, but the truth is there's a lot to behavior. It's not just our kids. It's also us as parents. And so when we can kind of chat through some of that, it just makes it a lot more clear and I can answer your questions versus, trying to go back and forth and back and forth so if that's something that you are interested in again it's free you don't have to sign up for anything there's no commitment I'm not gonna try to sell you on anything it's just really to help you kind of get in this frame of mind this perspective of utilizing connection more as a parenting tool so um, you can check the show notes click the link um, or like I said just feel free to dm me or send me an email and we can set up a call And I really hope you do that. There's no, nothing, nothing to fear. Um, The only thing that can happen is you can actually solve one of the biggest challenges that you're having right now with your child. So I hope to hear from you soon. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors.